Oregon Ramenins and the restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in the Metro West. Everything's done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508 309-3416 or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well www.dorganramen.com And welcome back to the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast. Podcast covers all vampire movies and recovering life force. This night, we are covering life force minutes 35 to 40, and I'm joined by... Scott Danielson. And I am your host, Dr. Chris. And we begin with the five minutes with the shriveled up puppet, or as Toby Hooper would call it, the walking shriveled. That's what he calls it in the commentary. <laughs> Very clever, Mr. Hooper. Yes, and it ends with the reanimated corpse back alive. The guard, actually, the guard who is the corpse on the table, trying to uh, run up against the bars, and that's pretty much it. Kind of ends with him in motion. But we begin the mo- uh, we begin it with the puppet waking up, and it's very much like Return of the Living Dead. The half puppet that's on the uh, table in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we get where all the money went into the budget for. This giant practical effect, besides the big one at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, this very, uh, very big puppet. And, uh, yeah, apparently apparently this puppet somehow survived and was later used in the 1999 The Mummy movie. For really? The, for, any of, for any of, like, the dried-up corpses after Emotep, like, sucks them dry. I thought the faces kind of looked familiar, so... Um, I'm, I think they probably added stuff to them, but the general puppet itself was was used again. <laughs> the this this whole scene is kind of repeated, but with a female later on that we'll get to. But the uh, special effects guy in the other commentary talks about how where everybody is. There's somebody underneath the table uh, controlling it like a marionette, and the entire the entire set is built a foot off the floor because again they use the same scene, the same room for another autopsy coming up, um, and. There's people on the other side of the fake wall that are doing what they can with the air tubes and everything like that because the puppet then electrocutes or life forces out the doctor and reanimates himself into the guard that we saw Matilda kill. Yeah, it starts off making the the body starts off making these really like sounds like like animals dying like it's really it doesn't sound human at all. And then just keeps reaching out to the doctor, and then the doctor's like, oh, okay, and then life force suck. And then you start to see, like, the globs of, like, flesh start to appear on this guy's face again. It's it's really gross. They almost look like tumors in a way. Yeah, it does start out, like, they look kind of gray and black at first, and then eventually just end up there. And we also get some names, finally. Someone says someone's name, which has been the biggest problem in trying to identify certain people in the movie based on old IMDb pictures. Kelly is played by Chris Sullivan. And he's pretty much in this, and that's the only thing I recognize him from other than, and I'm hoping something comes up, nothing else. I don't know who this guy is at all. He is pretty much a uh, one-hit wonder for me 
a lot of his stuff other than being on General Hospital, but I didn't watch that episode. <laughs> uh, and then we get uh, we go over to Hyde Park. Where is Hyde Park in England? Uh, Hyde Park. Hyde Park, I believe, is the equivalent of if memory serves. I'm looking. I'm looking it up to verify. I believe Hyde Park is the equivalent of like a Central Park in, in New York City. Okay. Basically, it's 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 the biggest park in London. So yeah, you see, if you see, if you take a look at a map out of it, it's basically it's surrounded by the city. Now, Julian Firth is in this movie, and Peter Lovestrom play the two boys in the park who were thinking they were catch a uh, glimpse of two women doing some lesbian things, as they basically are pointing out, saying they wanted to catch a glimpse of some sexual acts between two women until they realized what was going on, and they got real scared. Yeah, it was very interesting, and I'm actually, I'm unsure, like, they don't say what it is directly, like they said, they moved in to get a closer look. Because they were both which, naked. Yeah, because, well, yeah, it's like they thought it was weird that the one girl didn't have clothes on, but what I'm kind of wondering is, homosexuality was technically illegal in the UK for a very long time, and I'm not sure if it was still the case when this was made. Does that include, like, in, that, does that include like, even in pornography? Yeah. Wow. Like, it, it was, yeah, it was, like, I, I, and even, and even then it took him forever to even apologize without a policy, like, being in place. Like, this is Thatcher, England, so I can't imagine they, like, rolled anything progressive in place, so. What's the connection between Julian Firth and our other actor, uh, uh, uh Peter Firth? Peter Are they Firth? brothers? They must be brothers, because they're about the same age. They're about the same, about the same age. They're Having both from England. Uh, Julian Firth uh, was in Burnt, of course, Life Force, Bedazzled, uh, which was the Brendan oh, Fraser yeah. movie with the Devil, uh, which was a remake of an older movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he well, was in, Hurley. He was in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. And uh, the Bank Job, yeah, I, I like that. Really like the Bank Job. That's a good one. Peter Lovstrom is in one of the weirdest movies I have ever seen in my life, but has one of the most kick-ass movie posters. I have ever loved that I would love to own. I would tack that right up, and it's definitely a movie we would cover on this podcast. I bought a vampire motorcycle. I have never even heard of that before. When a motorbike gang kills an occultist, the evil spirit he was summoning inhabits a damaged bike. The bike is then brought and restored and reveals its true nature when it tries to exact its revenge. Oh, wow. And That's... the poster for this has some, like, gang members on the bottom with, like, holding a cross, some motorcycles oh, wow. in the background. The vampire motorcycle's got all these spikes and, like, teeth on it. Wow. It, it says it was made in 1990, but it looks like pure 80s cheese. And it stars the great Anthony Daniels. That's totally worth a movie. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I only know Anthony Daniels from one particular thing. <laughs> And I'm listening to, right now, Anthony Daniels' um, audiobook about his life. Uh, the name of the book is I Am C-3PO. Oh, there you go. Mm. Kane is called in about the naked girl in Hyde Park, but it's not her. And the two young perverts are describing what's going on, as we said. And this is a redhead, shriveled-up woman, but a different woman than it will appear later on in the movie, too. Because I believe she takes, yeah. the, she takes the form of one of the uh, another woman for a little while. Uh, I think a redhead, and I thought this was her, but as we will get to in another five minutes, it's not. But this uh, corpse is very well done. It's almost glamorous hair, like perfect hair, but this shriveled up corpse-like body. Yeah, and then they uh, they make a point. Like I was actually wonder, like I was wondering to myself, because it had been a bit since I had seen this scene. I was like, why is she naked? And then like one guy goes, and now she has clothes, and then they move on. <laughs> 
They couldn't just have this naked woman. That naked woman running around London would be so identifiable all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So seems to have seems to have adapted in some way, shape, or form. I just, which I was just like, it seems very gratuitous to make sure that this puppet has like very anatomically correct nipples like it was so weird now i'm wondering if they cut this scene out because of what you said about homosexuality being illegal in in england including in movies that they probably would have gotten in like an nc7 you know like a hard r a bad rating of some kind because i mean but that doesn't make any sense because we have a very at the time controversial scene coming up today it's an interesting scene, to say the least, with uh, a very distinguished British actor that we will get to yeah. when it happens. So you get what I'm saying. I don't want to give too much away for anyone who may yeah, not yeah. remember what we're talking about. But they're, they're, it's like, why is that in the movie, but the scene of the two women making out wouldn't be in the movie? I it, feel like there's it, a scene that got cut because it, it just all of a sudden we don't have – or do you think it would be too scandalous to have Matilda completely naked making out with another woman? Yeah, here's the thing. The it's what's interesting is that this particular scene is extended in the the Europe the UK cut, which is the one we're watching. And so the discussion of what the women were up to is actually longer in the UK cut than it was in the US cut. They actually cut it out, including and so the two guys don't really give too much of a description. They just say that they saw two women and then that's cut out. And then and then even the even the line now she has clothes wasn't included like in in the US cut. So the so it actually gives a fair amount more detail, like kind of indicating like, okay, you know, space girls charms can work on women too. And it'll explain why she, why she has some sort of clothing later. So then we learned that in two hours, you become one of these space vampires, but the, the effects are only very temporary. You pretty much, we learn what happens in the next five minutes, but uh, they, they at least revealed to us in these five minutes that you uh, it only takes you two hours and then you're reanimated as a possibly a vampire. I mean, you're kind of crazy. Yeah, they, they're just it seems it seems that our guard is having a, you know, a rough time. It's like he's having he needs to feed or something like that. And they've actually brought in somebody from uh, the ministry to come observe this. So, so they, I think I forget which department he works for, but his character name is Sir Persty. Hesselton. Hesselton. <laughs> Great. So this is Aubrey Morris. So, we, so if we've talked about him previously, we didn't mean to. Again, some of these names are not very well identifiable right away. He was uh, one of the deltoids in the Clockwork Orange. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The the movies that he shows up on IMDb known for, which is that he is in The Wicker Man, which is a horror classic, uh, and A Clockwork Orange, Life Force, and then also listed as one of his major stuff is uh, My Girl 2. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was Mc... – oh, but I, I distinctly remember him as Miss McCutcheon in Bordello of Blood. He's the old man that is kind of, I guess, like ghoul, the day watcher for the bordello that's taking place below. Yeah, he seems to be like kind of a guy they need – if they want like a one-off character in a TV show, they bring him in. So like he did a Tales from the Crypt. He did Alien Nation. He did a couple of Murder, She Wrote. Um, three years apart, interestingly enough. Like, it seems to be just that's kind of what he's best known for, is just kind of bring in, need a character to kind of be a type for one go-round, and then he'll be gone. He died in 2015 at the age of 89, so he's unfortunately not with us, but he was also on Deadwood, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was his final role. It's funny that he was in Legend of the Mummy. I'm not familiar with what this movie is, but he played Dr. Winchester. And you think about, like, Winchester and Mummies and Supernatural, the TV series Supernatural, which just ended after 15 seasons. Um, I have to look up and probably watch the episode of Tales from the Crypt he's in, because he plays a character named Freddy. Yeah, Freddy has a lot of connotations in the horror world. 
Right. So I'm wondering who this character is, and I don't have every mem- episode of Tales from the Crypt uh, memorized. But uh, yeah, very you know, very all over the place career. Also on uh, uh what was it called? Uh, uh, I just had it. Uh, Boy Meets World. Did you ever watch that? I, it was always on in the background. Like for uh, I feel like my sister, my stepsister watched it a bunch. I was never that interested, but I still know things about it. If that makes sense. They did a uh, revival in the in the 2010s called Girl Meets World, which is uh, the daughter of Corey and Topanga all grown up. I kind of hope the Adventures of Indiana Jones, which we've talked about, um, you know, some of these character actors had been in, would uh. Will show up on Disney Plus. Hopefully, the the adventures of young Indiana Jones, as I'm trying to say. Uh, but that's it for these five minutes. As the uh, reanimated guard tries to wrestle the cage, and that's pretty much it. It kind of ends in the middle of that action. So we'll be back next week with another five minutes of the Vampire Movie Minute podcast covering Life Force. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Send us an email that radiohorror at gmail dot com, and you can find us on Twitter. Where Scott? At we're at the Vampire Minute, and I'm at Scott D Danielson. And I'm at Chris D S A V, and we got a long ways to go, folks. So uh, sit back and relax and enjoy our coverage of the 1985 Toby Hooper classic from Canon Films, Life Force. Do you love what you hear in the podcast? Please go to Buy a Cup of Coffee. The Radio Horror link is in the show notes, or it's on top of the Twitter page, or you can just go to BuyMeACupOfCoffee.com/backslash/RadioHorror, and you can help support. Goth Girl Horror, and the other podcasts here on the Radio Horror Network. Donations go towards cloud service and new equipment. Thank you.